Welcome to Rooted Light, a show that centers on the path of being human first in the divine play of life on earth. This podcast aims to explore the bridge between mysticism and what it means to be a modern day human who is devoted to full spectrum healing. I am your host, Melanie Custodio. Hello, friends. I am back. I am so glad to talk to you again. I know it's been a little while since I have recorded an episode, and I am just going to accept that that is how things will be sometimes, and letting the any type of guilt that I may harbor, just letting that pass. Um, because I really want to make sure that when I am delivering a message that it's coming from a clear place that is ready and yeah. So aside from that, I am really excited to talk today because even though it has been a while since I've made a podcast episode, it also feels like that was in some ways the right thing, like the right move, because before, well, for those of you who don't know, I had recently come back from a pretty big trip. I um, traveled to Northern California and Southern Oregon earlier this month. And yeah, I think there were a lot of things moving um, inside me and energetically to help sort of prepare me for the trip. And so I think my energy was really needed at that time to to just do that. <laughs> but I'm back now. And I had an amazing, amazing time. I went with my very, very best friend. Uh, she will probably be featured on the next podcast episode. Um, we haven't actually recorded it yet. We were going to record it on the trip, but we were having too much fun to worry about recording podcasts. So we did a little road trip. We were like half camping and half airbnb um, saw the Redwood Forest, did a lot of hiking. We camped at Crater Lake. We spent time in Mount Shasta. We spent time in Ashland, Oregon, and in Nevada City, California. And we finished off the trip in Nevada City, and I had actually the most beautiful uh, psilocybin experience while I was there. And maybe at some point in the future, I could talk a little bit about that, but that's not for today. Um, Some themes around belonging and around what home is feels alive for me right now. 
Um, it felt alive for me while I was traveling. And I suppose that is where I'd like to focus on for today. So this story will is of course about my life <laughs> once again. And I'm not exactly sure why I get like feel like I need to disclaim that I'm going to be talking about myself in my life all the time. Um I find that when I listen to other people's stories, I I love it. I love listening to other people's stories and when I take up space to talk about my own, I feel like I don't know, like maybe I'm talking too much about myself, but again, just sharing that and um recognizing that it's it's okay for me to take up space and to talk about myself and my life. And the reason, part of the reason that is okay <laughs> is because we are, we share so much more in common with each other than I think society leads us to believe. While we all have lots of differing experiences, I do believe that there is a common thread between our experiences where we can feel universal feelings, emotions of, of love, of fear, of, um, of belonging, of anything. That is part of being human. And so how else can we share that mutuality, if not through storytelling. Okay, so um, getting back to the meat of this, this episode, it is about home, and I decided that the title of the podcast would be called Home is Where Your Heart Is, and you'll see why. So one thing that sticks out to me is I don't I don't think that I am unique in a lot of the experiences I've had um especially as I talk about things from my childhood or from growing up in school or whatever it is, I recognize that many, many, many other people have had similar experiences. And if you have, then that's perfect. Then I'm speaking to you and, and maybe you have come to similar similar nuggets of wisdom that I have. <laughs> okay, so for much of my life, I felt like I've struggled with place, with community, with belonging. In so, so many areas. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was pretty 
I'm, I'm really grateful for this. And also I recognize that this has like its own unique lens, which is that I was raised in a close-knit Portuguese American community uh, in Southern New England. And while my nuclear family is pretty small, I had a lot of other families that my family wove with. So we had a lot of celebration. <laughs> it wasn't just holidays. It was getting together in community to talk to one another, to eat together, to storytell, to um, connect with different generations of family. And it really, truly was and still is incredibly beautiful. And while I deeply honor and respect the cultural cultural tradition and wisdom I was raised in, there was also an equally, um, an equally present part of me that felt really boxed in. And it felt, and, and whether, we're not, I'm not going to speak to whether or not this was true or not, um, but it was my experience, which was, it felt like I was almost like psychically being projected a certain path in my life that like my, the path in my life needed to look a certain way based off of cultural expectations, whether or not they were explicitly discussed or not. And it felt like I had to, you know, how it is, look a certain way, act a certain way, participate in a certain way. And I just felt like <laughs> I didn't want to be distilled to that uh, template. Like I didn't want to be um, looked at in that way, I guess. And so I spent a large time in my early 20s, not 20s, in my early teens trying to cultivate identity outside of this cultural context. And this took on a lot of forms. It, I had resistance to speaking Portuguese. I had resistance to participating in some social events and, and whatnot. And looking back on that time, I really feel like I was just sort of like this distant, aloof little buoy that was floating in the sea. And I recognize that a part of this was intelligent. A part of this was me trying to find where I fit in the broader context of the world versus just the context of the bubble that I was being raised under. But I also see how it resulted in tremendous feelings of rooted in self-isolation. 
So that was sort of, you know, the the ground of where I was starting in. And it trickled in to school, of course. It trickled into school where it felt like I couldn't quite find the group in school either. Didn't feel sporty enough to be in athletics, wasn't artsy enough to be with the artists, didn't feel smart enough to be with the (laughs) smart kids. And also I definitely had way too much fear of negative consequences to be any sort in involved in any sort of misfit group. So I I did have a couple of really good friends and one very very best friend and that was the friend that I went on my trip with. Um but ultimately we bonded me and my best friend, we bonded over the mutual feeling of not quite fitting into one particular place. And both socially, but also like physically, we deeply felt like we did not belong where we were living. And we often created fantasies together of living far away somewhere else in the country with wildly different lives. And ultimately, we were attempting to distract ourselves from the pain of feeling a lack of belonging where we were. I don't want to speak too much for my best friend. She will be interviewed soon. Um, but I can. I can speak for myself, and that was that I did not feel safe. I did not feel safe in in any particular place. And I often had to dream up a reality of feeling that sense of belonging or project that desire onto the future. I will feel belonging once I X, Y, Z, or I will feel belonging once I accomplish this or once this happens for me. Once I went to college, (laughs) I actually found a really deep sense of belonging in my social circle. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily a deep sense of belonging. I do feel as though it was, it felt like a really refreshing sense of of belonging. And to put simply, I um, I found a job in college that pretty much provided me with a large group of friends that I felt really just connected with and really safe to experiment with my identity. 
and not only to experiment with my identity and like what who exploring like who I was and what I believe in but to also have that witnessed and validated within community I didn't quite realize how important that was and I still believe that that is incredibly important And so it felt really good to have the freedom to try on different metaphorical hats with a social circle that cheered me on along the the way. And while that scratched an itch and allowed me to expand in ways that I could not have done without the community I was part of, it was still a container with an expiration date. And that expiration date, of course, was when... I had to graduate from college and people move in different directions, some more quickly than others. I was left again feeling lost. (laughs) All of the self-exploration felt like it slowed down drastically and had all this, this energy of what's next, you know, after college and And this energy around having to grow up and find security, whether that's getting a job or an internship or going to graduate school. And the priority of feeling belonging and self-exploration and um, discovering identity more deeply just felt like it was flushed down the toilet to figure out where am I going? What am I doing? (laughs) What's the plan? And I did end up, of course, if you've been following me along, you know, I decided to go to graduate school. And with no surprise, I found myself feeling a little bit of an outcast in a program with about 40 people for three years. And I just remember continuing to have this feeling of, no one really sees me. (laughs) Um, I'm not safe here to be myself or to explore what being myself looks like. It also was, in general, a totally different context altogether because Graduate school is a little different from undergraduate school. There's definitely more of a, there's more at stake. You are investing more money. You are, um, the work is more difficult. You are needing to perform well um, in order to graduate. So there was that context too, and I don't mean to uh, minimize that. So that's there. But I found myself for the next three years mostly (laughs) just dreaming to live my life somewhere else. And at that time, I was living in Boston, and I was, my goal was to move to Vermont. And um, for those who may not be uh, super familiar, uh, Vermont's a pretty rural state in northern New England, and it was a state to me that felt like it knew how to build strong local community, and I do believe that it does. 
And it's a state that also is pretty accepting to alternative lifestyles and alternative people in general. So I spent a lot of that time projecting all of my desires into the future. Once I get to Vermont, everything will fall into place. Once I get to Vermont, I will feel at home. And what did happen while I was in grad school was I was fortunate enough to find my now fiancé who happened to live in Vermont. And so the second half of that time that I was in grad, grad school was building a sense of home with him through our relationship. But it also continued to stoke this fire of once I graduate and get there and be with him, things will be perfect. <laughs> so anyways, I got to Vermont and I thought, you know, I graduated, moved to Vermont. I thought everything will be just as I imagined. I'd meet the right people and develop the deep connections that I was really seeking. However, I found myself again lost, and this time truly alone. This was the first time in my life that community wasn't simply handed to me. You know, I, it wasn't like my the Portuguese American community that I was raised in. It wasn't school. It wasn't job. It wasn't a grad program. It was, it was me and my fiance now uh, living together. And I was working, but my work was very much um, not in a community. Like it was very, I was dry. I was working home health. So I was driving from house to house to take care of my patients. And so I didn't really have the network of building community, even with colleagues. So, but it also, it just kind of felt like the universe was like, well, you weren't happy with any of the communities we gave you. So now you're on your own. You can make that community for yourself. And I was probably in this place of feeling quite alone for a for about a year. The only person I talked to on a on a personal level, meaning like not a professional level, um, was my now fiance. And not long after then, I I'm super grateful that. I decided to make a choice to join a local gym and I made some beautiful connections there and it be it became the jumping off point for different things in my life. <laughs> um, if you haven't already listened to episode three, The Path of Integrating Contradictions, you'll probably have better understanding and context for what happened during that time of when I joined the gym and how my life kind of expanded in interesting ways. And then, um, <laughs> like doors closed, uh, 
yeah, but you'll have to listen to it to fully understand that. I'm not going to get into that. But ultimately what ended up happening is although I had more belonging and I did end up in community that I was really needing, it still felt off and it still felt like I was different and it felt still felt like something was missing. And, you know, without giving away that whole episode I was just referring to, it took me into a deep exploration of myself and who I was and my own healing. And I'm at this place now, (laughs) which I'm still integrating. It's been a few years now of this process. But I still have like the sense of is there something missing? Is there something missing? And I went on a trip to Northern California, a road trip with my best friend. And that was purely intuitively, it felt like an important thing to do. And I'm glad I did it. (laughs) And I didn't really have a reason for it. I mean, I did want to see um, the West Coast. I wanted to see the Redwoods. I wanted to explore some different places. But I didn't really have a big intention for the trip. And even while I was there, even while I was there and traveling, I was thinking to myself, I don't really know what the point is. Not that it had, not that there needed to be a point. I mean, I tend to think that everything needs to have meaning. (laughs) That's sort of my own thing. But I I was just traveling for the sake of, of traveling and for being in a new environment. And One of the takeaways that I've had from my trip is how absolutely reframing and expansive it can be to just be in a place that you've never been to. I did have some emotional insecure just insecurities come up during that trip because my best friend and I have lived very very different lives um since we <laughs> since we finished high school and while we share so much in common our lives have looked very different and yeah i think once once we actually get to that episode, I think you will see why. But I had some insecurity come up around my life has looked more simple than my friend. My life, I, I have never lived outside of New England. I have traveled and I have lived in virtually most places in New England, but I have never really spent 
any extended amount of time elsewhere. I have, I've had varied life experiences and I'm well aware of the world that exists outside of my context. I am aware of it, um, but I haven't really experienced it as closely as my friend. And I was a little scared that I would be on this trip and feel like I needed to run away from my the way my life looks like. Because I've always been grounded, even though, like, when I say grounded, I mean, like, literally, I've always been in places for, like, rooted in, in places for a couple of years at a time. I haven't really lived a, a nomadic life, and I, like I said, I don't have as much, um, as much experience with different places and and whatnot and I yeah I I, because I've had a hard time adjusting to Vermont um in a variety of ways because I had put so much so much weight on it being the remedy of for belonging for me and i was a little scared that if i went to the west coast that i was going to think that that was the answer and that that was where i needed to be and and what i found there was really rich community also in the places that I visited and really, really beautiful landscape and plants and the weather was lovely, the different, um, the diversity. There was so much to love about the places that I went to visit. And during that time, I was able to take that in while also processing actively and with my friend and also internally that our lives look different. And I was realizing that what felt really good about the week and a half to two weeks that I was away was that I was able to create space to connect with myself, to connect with the earth, and to incorporate novel experience. That was what made me feel belonging, was opening my heart once again. And by the end of the trip, 
I was reflecting with my friend again how I love the West Coast. <laughs> like, I love it. Is there a possibility that I would live there? Yes. And also, I felt <laughs> this sense of I can also feel this where I'm at right now. With being at home in Vermont, with the love of my life, with my family that's a few hours away. And it's not coming from a place of, no, 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 that's fine. I'm good where I'm at. It's coming from a place of integrating all of the experiences from my past of thinking, no, not this, this isn't belonging, this will be belonging, and then being disappointed and, and thinking that that'll be belonging and it isn't. And then the, the grass is greener syndrome it, and recognizing like, no, belonging starts here. Belonging starts with me and opening up to life where it's meeting me right now. It's not in this, this other place. And it's not that it's not in the other place because I do believe that there could be a parallel reality where, you know, we go live in the West Coast and I have also a beautiful life. But it's also recognizing that I can have this here and I can have this anywhere. I can have this anywhere. And I look back on my experiences of being delivered a community and feeling out of place and feeling like an outcast and really recognizing that that starts with me. And I do not cast any shame or judgment on past versions of me for doing what I had to do to feel safe and to feel like I could survive. But I have a more integrated perspective now of looking back when I was growing up with my family. Did I have to necessarily isolate myself so much? Was there a way I could have cultivated connection while still exploring myself outside of that cultural framework. And then similarly in school, could I have found connection with people in various different groups in school while still maintaining a sense of I may be different, but I'm also good enough. And yeah, and so this, this theme of belonging, this theme of home, it's, it's becoming really clear to me that we create that for ourselves. 
And it's, and also that the universe itself, like reality, opens up for you quite literally once you start opening up. Because within the last six months, I've sort of been leaning into my heart and opening my heart. And I've found all these tiny little pockets of community and of friendship and of novel experience open up for me right outside my door, like literally within 10 minutes away from me. And I live in a pretty rural state where it's very easy to justify driving an hour away for something. And the fact that this is this has always existed, but at one point it didn't feel available, and now it is, just it, it drives the message home that the transformation and the healing starts within. It does. But also that the external, the world, your world will shape around that transformation from the inside. The external will meet you where, where you're at. It will, it will deliver you the perfect cocktail of what you need to transform and or what you have, what you have reaped from your learning, from your healing. So that is all for today. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, if this if this episode meant anything to you, it would be awesome if you could reach out to me on Instagram or wherever, email. <laughs> I don't care. Or even if you could uh, rate my podcast and subscribe and do all the things that podcasters do, I guess. Um, it would mean a lot to me because... I love connecting with you and once when I am validated and witnessed in my efforts of creating a podcast, it allows me to be able to unfurl more deeply and to offer more for all of you. So until next time, have a wonderful week and hope to talk to you soon.